Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I don't usually record an intro for the shows, but I just wanted to let you know we had X-Prime in this week, as you'll hear. Dave Jones knew they were coming in, and we've had live acts in the booth before, but they play in my studio, not the producer's studio. So thank you to Dave Jones for running around the studio today with very little time to get X-Prime all wired and mic'd up properly so that he could play some live intro music for you guys today. Davey Jones was running the board. Really good job, Jonesy. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at 610-10. I've I give you freedom, you are alone. Memento mori, infinitum heal. I tear your heart out, if you had one. You took Manhattan, and now you take the champions in quarantine. A sensational Sunday to you. I am your Sunday scrub, Jim Fannin. Every Sunday right here on News Talk 610 CKTB. Noon to 2. We've got a full two hours for you this weekend, and we are rammed in the booth. Stacked on the agenda. X-Prime is in the house. They have crowded Davy Jones's studio. Four guys, three with guitars, and one with a little drum between his legs. <laughs> They're pretty. Straight off their single release party last night at the Hard Rock Club. In Niagara Falls, probably on very little sleep. Another show tomorrow at the Horseshoe Tavern up in Toronto. They will be responsible for the live intro music coming back from the first break. You will hear X-Prime live and all through the show. Thank you to David Jones. Quickly running as a producer and engineer to get these guys mic'd up and ready to go. So I'm excited about that. X-Prime feel-good local band here from Niagara Falls and Welland. Dropped a new single last night and a horrifically hideous video last week of them jumping around in short shorts with tags still on them. And then the rumor was they returned them to the store after they used the clothing for the video. You must be from Welland. Skids. (laughs) Made their clothing all soaked with their sweat and then they took it back to Byway or... Whatever. (laughs) So we're going to have some fun with you today. We'll get an interview with X-Prime at the end of the show. Last segment we'll give to them. We had them last week on the Larry Fedoric show as I scrubbed in and filled in for the vacationing Larry Fedoric. At 12.15, Matt Harris, Counselor Matt Harris, is going to be on the phone from Toronto. We're going to be talking everything St. Catharines City Council any St. Catharines City issues 
You can call in. You have your digits. Other ways that you can interact with the show, you can chirp us out on Twitter, at 610CKTB, at Jim Fannin. And for the time being, jimfannon at gmail.com. That's F-A-N-N-O-N. We'll get through. You can also shout us out on Facebook. It is the silly season, as Councillor Birch would say. By-election in the falls. News releases coming almost on the hour. Clark Bitter says to me on Facebook the other day, is it normal to write letters to the candidates from other candidates? I'm like, you know what? I think this might be new. Joyce Morocco put out a letter this week, I'm sure was not written by her. I wonder if she even read it before it went out. Matt Harris is in at 1215 on the phone from Toronto. David Alexander is in the booth. The greenest municipal politician in Canada he was once named. David, thanks for taking the time, brother. Good to be here, Jim. We're going to talk all kinds of regional issues, politics. But after the break, our first intro with X-Prime and then Matt Harris will join us on the phone. He's got some information on the... The possible sale of St. Catharines Hydro and the approval that we've got for the Schick Luna project. We'll talk about the discussion that's going on. I think we're awaiting an asset report from staff. We'll maybe touch on the local appointment that's expected on Monday after Mayor McMullen, who could have tied the vote and defeated the bill and had her appointed two weeks ago. Sent it to staff. Staff's come back and reported what we thought we already knew. Forty to $55,000 to have a by-election. It's too late in the term. Point Laura Yip is my take. That's going off Monday night at City Council. I expect the gallery to be rammed full again. 905-688-2582 if you want to get in on the conversation. one 610 cktb Pound 610 on the Bell Mobility Network is a free call. And the easiest, most efficient way, the fastest way to get me is to text. Doesn't matter who you're with. The digits are 610-10. Text that. Jam them digits into your black box, and they will come to me. Up next, Matt Harris is on the phone, but before that, a live intro with X-Prime, one of Niagara's funkiest, funnest bands. If you've had a chance to see these guys, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, jog on over. To YouTube and search X Prime. The letter X Prime. They got a couple brand new tunes there you can check out. I am Jim Fannin. This is 610 CKTB.
is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at 61010. You have got to feel it right. So I play tonight I want you to know That you're my very best friend And I hate to see you go But I know Welcome back. I am Jim Fan, and they are X-Prime. Nicely done, boys. Matt Harris is on the phone with me. David Alexander is in the booth. Matt Harris, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're up in Toronto, and you got a bunch of things going on, so I appreciate the time. You're on with uh, David Alexander here from the Niagara Workforce Planning Board. That's good. And he might I have some... I appreciate you having the time for me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he may have some questions for you, so just in case you hear a, a strange voice, that's David. He's mic'd up now. So tell me okay. what's going on at City Council. Well, I think on Monday we'll probably be making a decision whether to appoint uh, Laura Ip or uh, have a by-election. Okay, that's good. You so... should have done that last two weeks ago, but okay. Oh, for sure. I, I, and I think the theme is from uh, the taxpayers is that why waste money and that's just appoint the... Uh, the third-place finisher and get this over with and get to the business at hand. Great. What else you got coming up Monday? Uh, well, I think we're going to ask for some clarification about uh, hydro. Okay. About how we, uh, Councillor Stack, has uh, been waiting for a report on what the process is for the RFP. Okay. Because Do you have your asset report back from staff yet? Uh, no. Okay. When's that coming? I'm not even 100% sure. I would hope okay. it's coming sooner than later. But when you're talking about an asset report, too, this, is, this gets into the whole realm of the arenas as well, right? Like, we need to, there's been a lot of talk about closing Jack Gatecliff and Rex Steimers. And you know what? Let's find out exactly, let's have, like, a strategy. Like, are, are we using the arenas to their full capacity? Is Rex Steimers and Jack Gatecliff the ones to close down or are other ones ready to be closed down? Didn't we do that as part of the discussion on the Spectator Facility, the Meridian Center? Well, there was a lot of talk on how much it was costing, but is that really the true cost? Oh, I like thought the, we did an whole, ice time study, though, before we... There's been, there's been ice time studies, but the whole theme about uh, the spectator facility was that it's costing one point something million dollars a year, and we, it's falling down the uh, Jack Acliff Rex Steimers facility. We need to get rid of it. So now it's come time to talk about it because the, the spectator facility is online. Now do we close it? Now are those numbers really true? Like, how are we going to accommodate all the people that use it? Like... 60% of minor lacrosse floor time is used at that facility. So okay. where exactly are they going to play? Got it. So there's a lot of discussion. Like maybe before we look at closing facilities and taking services away from the community, let's look at what I've been suggesting the entire time I've been there as a full service review of each department. Like are we actually spending taxpayers' money wisely? Like is every department working at its full capacity? Are there things we can do to streamline things and save money? Sounds like a perfectly reasonable question. And how do we how do we foster that type of study? Well, what has to happen is during extras, I should ask for a report and get the support of other other counselors and put a time frame on it that you know within the next three weeks you guys are going to commit to doing these things and give me a, a detailed strategic plan and a timeline when you're going to do it. Okay, so we can make the decisions before we pass the budget things, and we know that. We've looked at the CAO's office, for example. He's looked at his communication department and decided, you know what, maybe I don't need six people. Maybe there can be job sharing or, or duty shared throughout the uh, the system, right? So Okay. 
we've got to be a little bit proactive before we start cutting everything, like services, right? So Got it. So that's my little spiel for you today. <laughs> Nicely done. Matt Harris is on the phone. Councillor Matt Harris, city councillor in St. Catharines hey, here. Have you announced gonna... your run for re-election, Matt? I have, and I put my papers in. I even have my own website. Can I plug it? Sure. Go ahead, man. MattHarris.ca. All right. With two you got T's. a donate button, so feel free. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, actually, I did want to touch base on is there's been a lot of talk about hydro. Okay. The mayor's been uh, discussing how maybe we can... Uh, Access some money from the from St. Catharines Hydro and repatriate it to the the taxpayer. And I don't know if the whole story has actually been told. There is money. St. Catharines Hydro does have money in its bank account, but it's set aside for the Shikluna project. There's certain things that we have to commit to to build this project. We need a certain amount of money in the bank. We need a certain amount of money for the down payment. We need a certain amount of money just for construction overages. And we need these things to make sure we get the financing for whoever's going to finance us. And it looks like Infrastructure Ontario will be the financing party. And we have to live up to these obligations or else we won't get the financing. So before we can start saying, yeah, we're going to get $4 million back to the taxpayer, because I'm all for getting more money back for the taxpayer and getting, giving people the best bang for their buck, but we can't just jump the gun without living up to our commitments. So. Okay, so now tell me a little bit about the financing of the project. I read just briefly here is, you know, you need 10% in the, in the account at all times, even through construction. So it's not like we can't borrow against that or, or use it for other... Uh... Well, in a, in a nutshell, the money that we have in the bank is spoken for. If, that, if the Shikuna project's canceled or when the Shikuna project's completed, then you can access $4 million in the account. But until then... There is no $4 million that we can repatriate to the taxpayer. So this talk about getting money back to lessen the tax increase, it's not really accurate. And I'd appreciate that when people discuss this openly out in the community or say things to the newspaper, they give everybody the whole story. Because as a board member of the St. Catharines Hydro, we're not holding taxpayers. Like, it's my money, too. I am a taxpayer. And we're doing the things that we're obligated to do to ensure that Shikluna is built and to ensure that we keep maintaining... Uh, our current facility, Haywood. Like, there's ongoing maintenance issues with, when you're operating a generating station. We always have to protect our investment and make sure we have reserves. So if uh, something goes down, if the trash gates need to be repaired, we can have that money. We don't have to go back to St. Catharines Council and say, hey, we need two hundred grand to repair the trash gates. Right now, what's the facility generate as it is right now as far as uh, revenue? It generates 1.7, that's 1.2, which is a great, like it's a great asset for the city. So even when we talk about selling it, unless someone comes up with a, an incredible, outrageous amount, we have to really think about it because it's something for the long term that should be able to uh, pay our debt. Right? Like it's a great facility and it's a great, great, uh, great asset to have. Some kid just yelled at me from a distance. That's why I lost my train of thought there for a sec. <laughs> Matt I'm Harris up, is oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. I'm up at. Uh, I'll give you an example of uh, a facility that's been uh, redone to accommodate the community, and that's what I was thinking about Jack E. Cliff Rexheimer's. Like maybe there's opportunities out there that we can partner up with different uh, businesses or different organizations to keep it open. You keep the ice pad open at Rex, make the uh, Jack E. Cliff like a field house. When I look at the Hoop Dome in Toronto, up in Downsville, that's exactly what's happened. You have indoor soccer, you have basketball, you have all these things, and the community embraced it and uses it. So maybe instead of closing it, we can actually 
encourage some sort of development of it and partner up with someone. Like it's not the first, like every, it's easy to close things. It's easy to sell things. Sometimes it's a little bit harder and a little bit more work, but the long-term gains are better by keeping things open and actually doing the right thing. Right. Now you have been on council for long enough to know that, well, I, I, I imagine that coming up, most councillors are going to run on the, the fiscally responsible, uh, you know, save the taxpayers money. I mean, we've got a couple of big ticket items we put up in downtown St. Catharines. You know, we've got the Performing Arts Center, uh, the Spectator Facility, now known as the Meridian Center. Huge uh, tax roll levies and uh, responsibilities for us. Uh, what do you think? I, my, it's my assertion that the next mayor for the next couple terms and the councillors for the next couple terms are going to have to really hold the line on spending. Uh, I think we've done enough of that over the last couple terms. What's your well, take? They are going to have to hold the line, and I remember a lot of people talked like that during the last election, but people have to be strong and hold the line, and sometimes it's unpopular to hold the line, but you have to commit to holding the line. And if you don't have the money, you really can't spend the money. Well, we've seen that you can spend the money, and I think that's the fear that we're spending the money that we're going to have to pay for in the next couple terms. But eventually, it's like a credit card. Eventually, you're going to have to pay for it. Right. Or else things go south pretty quick, right? So, Got it. Like, we have to be strong, and we have to listen to the community input. Like, what what's truly needed? But we have to take, what I said earlier, we've got to take a good look at ourselves. Like, are we really spending the taxpayers' money wisely? Like, I look at the Garden City Current, for example. Like, it's nice to write, like, nice little fluffy articles for... Uh, the constituents in this, how much does it cost for us to put that in the St. Catherine standard? And is it really worth it? Like, are we getting the best bang for our buck? And I wonder how informative it is and how many people just look at it as, you know, city council propaganda, period. Well, that's more or less what it is. Like, if you want to write a true article about things, it usually gets incredibly edited. So, like, what's the point of it? Like, what is the point of wasting taxpayers' money? Like, and, and you know what? I go back to, like, when we cut the food out of it. Like, I'm sure it was four grand or five grand. But if you look at, if you find a hundred, four grand or five grand things, that's a lot of money. And I'm sure there's lots of things that we could find to cut. You got another segment in here or you got to go to your game? No, no, the game's not until two. I'm sitting on the balcony at the Hall Day Inn in uh, <laughs> Toronto looking over the pool, actually. Matt Harris, I'm going to hold you over one more segment. He's your city councillor. On the phone with me in Toronto, David Alexander is in the booth as well. Phil, Neil, Gab, and Steph of X-Prime. Thank you, boys. Another bumper on the way back. This is 610 CKTB. I'm your host, the friendly neighborhood baritone. Vocals channel the spirits of old poets. I don't drink a glass, never will hold a wet. Similar to Paul Romer's dumb bar. From the crew you thought was just all chorus in one star. Now, I'm one sixth of a click that brunch. While commercial counterparts are in constant conflict. I'm a lot of details on my body. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at 61010. And what do I do when I fall in love? What do I do if it's all I can think of? I'll just take a break. And take it easy And what do I do If I'm all alone What do I do If I can't charge my cell phone Well, I'm so far away So far from me 
X-Prime. Nicely done, boys. Matt Harris is on the phone. Counselor Harris, I appreciate your time. You're on with David Alexander, who's a two-term Welland counselor and also executive director of the Niagara Workforce Planning Board. And he was also a budget uh, chair for a couple terms there in Welland as well as in studio with me as well, Matt. I didn't get elected or appointed from my fellow counselors on the <laughs> budget board or budget uh, committee this year. I was on it last year, just to let you know. <laughs> oh, you, you, did you stand for election and lost? I did. I oh, lost. That a boy. I legitimately lost, <laughs> which I was kind of shocked considering. Counselor you know, Birch? Whatever. Is Birch the budget committee chair? Birch is, yeah. Okay. Well, you lost to a real good seasoned politician. No, I, didn't, there, so. I wasn't going for chair. I just wanted to get on the actual oh. committee. All right. So it was like not getting picked for a team. Actually, it hurt. Yeah, it can sting so. a little bit. Tell me about your priorities in the next term. What do you think is uh, coming up, or even for the next meeting coming up? What's uh, what's on I, the you slate? You know what? I think this, the number one priority immediately is this hydro thing. Like, there's so many strange things that have gone on with this whole process. It needs to be identified, and there needs to be some sort of uh, report indicating what exactly happened. Like. We sent out an expression of interest. The wording got changed. The, the wording originally was uh, to find out if there's different parties interested in buying our generating assets, and somehow it got changed to buying our generating assets or operating our generating assets. So I'm not sure how the intent of council got changed. Hmm. Then one expression of interest came in, and we thought there was no other one, and then four days later another one appeared which I would think if you're looking at selling your biggest asset, you might want to make sure the process, something like that doesn't happen. So I'd like to find out from staff how exactly that happened, how that affects the actual process, because now there's two expressions of interest, and now we have to go down, keep going down this road to find out if someone's interested in buying it. Hey Matt, it's Dave Alexander, and I was on uh, City Council in Welland for two terms. I uh, ran for mayor in 2010, lost a very sharp... Did you and, enjoy it? Uh, I really did, because you're able to serve the needs of the people, and the uh, the, the budget role was uh, an open committee, so we didn't have elections. Everybody was able to participate in that, and uh, I chaired for four years. But I think one of the things that that we learned, I think you're in an adv- advantageous position here, is that you're being able to generate uh, power and revenue, is you're going to need to be looking long-term. And you're going to need to be, you know, this this project seems to me that is going to be there for generations to come. So I guess you almost have to get it right. You're absolutely correct. And it's not only Shakuna, Haywood Generating Station is like a stud asset. Like, like I would, if I had the money, I would buy it. It's... It, why would you sell something that's netting you $1.2 million a year? So are, are the revenues from, from, uh, that are coming into the city, are they being dedicated to specific projects, or they, does this just go into general revenues? A, dev, a dividend. 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 Okay, oh. so there's no kind of suite of, of no. specific projects what, for the You know resources. what I tried to do last year? We actually got a special dividend from Horizon for a million dollars that flowed through St. Catharines Hydro. And we, uh, I tried to get it dedicated into the Civic Project Fund, and uh, it just went into uh, operation. So, like the Civic Project Fund used to have a substantial amount of money. That was from our original sale of St. Catharines Hydro, and it's more or less nothing in it right now. So, so is there is a bad there... idea to rebuild it and kind of have money for things when they come up? 
So do you think that the uh, there's going to be some conclusion to this during this term of council, or will that be well, held over to the next there's term? there's an incredible push for St. Catharines Hydro to be either sold or money taken from uh, the, uh, the bank account. So there's a push from that from the mayor. So there's going to be some sort of resolution within the next couple months. And I think what you'll find is there's a massive push for this because it's a, an election year and people want to look like the champion of the taxpayer. To, to lessen the uh, the tax increase, which is nice, but you know what? You should always be thinking that maybe the entire four years. Well, I think that again, it's a, one of those generational things. But I guess uh, you, you would want to make sure that you get the numbers right and consult broadly. Yeah. Well, when you talk about get the numbers right and consult broad, broadly, you have an incredibly talented board of directors for the St. Catharines Hydro that runs the actual organization that run, that directs the holding company that directs the generation company, you might want to uh, engage them and ensure everything, the numbers are correct when you start talking about them in the public. Right. The business decisions of of doing this are are pretty significant. Oh, for sure. And it affects us for a long time. It affects my children for a long time. It affects me for a long time. It affects the taxpayer for a long time. So you might want to get it right. I guess what you're suggesting is is that you know, by uh, freeing up some capital, by selling off some assets, we can make the incumbents look like we've held the line on taxes? Oh, for sure. And you think sure, that that's some of the motivation here, even though some of these I, guys may, may not be running the next time around? I, I think for sure that's the motivation right here. Hmm. Matt I'm Harris... Like I'm not being blunt and to the point, but I guess I am being I guess you're being point. blunt and to the point. <laughs> Matt Harris, City Councillor for St. Catharines, is on the phone with me. David Alexander is the Executive Director of Niagara Workforce and Planning Board. Uh, Matt, I really appreciate your time. Give us uh, a, a little peek into other things that you think are priorities at City Council right now. Well, I, I think realistically what's a priority is, number one, the hydro. I think we need to do a full-service review of absolutely every department to see if there, we can realize savings anywhere before we start cutting, like, facilities. I think we need to investigate the idea about uh, Jack Aycliffe, Rex Steimers. Maybe we can partner with someone. Maybe we can change the, the dynamics of it. Maybe we can change what it uh, supplies. Maybe What's your take on the, on the Jack? What's your personal take? You, what do you want to see? It cl- uh, I mean, with the limited knowledge and information that you have in front of you now, uh, which way would you lean if it came before council? Close it or keep it open? Number one, I'd like to find out all the arenas, how they're being used. That's Meriden, Peg. As far as capacity Ring. goes. Because maybe it's not the Jack and the Rex that needs to be closed. Maybe it's one of those facilities that need to be closed. Second, I want to find out what the true costs are because we were sold that it was a million-something to operate it. We're losing tons of money, and that's the idea. The way it was sold was we need to build a spectator facility because the jack was bleeding us dry. Well, realistically, the spectator facility isn't really replacing the jack gate. And it's not going to create the the type of income we're looking at to sustain itself either. No, not at all. So I I want to find out all the information, and then realistically, we're going to have to make some difficult decisions. Like if one of them needs to be closed, we close it. But we need to ensure that people still have the same services they had before. So minor lacrosse still has a facility that they can play in. The different hockey leagues still have a facility they can play in. Like I want to really also identify how much the city uses Meriden, the Meriden Arena. So you don't want to go down that road, my son. Well, 
I played baseball, Meriden, when I was a little kid. There you go. Now, I mean, from an outsider and from a realtor's point of view looking in, I see a million-dollar liability, and I see the redevelopment opportunity of putting, I don't know, high-density residential with commercial on the main floor and thinking, you know what, this this piece of land's got to be worth some dough to us. Not only that, it's worth some uh, tax assessment as well if we, you know, and I think we need, everyone knows we need more residential downtown, we need a gas station, we need a Whole Foods or a grocery store of some type, a commercial main floor and maybe 20 floors of affordable residential housing for some of our demographic, yeah. which is aging quickly. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm pie in the sky. You know, and I can't disagree with you at all. All I'm saying is that before we make a decision, let's find out all the information. Because you can also develop uh, the Hague Bull site. You could develop the Bill Burgoyne site, right? Like, just give me all the information, the true information, so I can make a, uh, an educated decision and not just on, the, uh, like, a gut instinct, right? So, Well done. Thank you, Matt Harris. We will catch okay, up with you care, soon. I appreciate your time. Enjoy the game up there. Take care of those kids. Okay. That's right. All right, okay, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. We're up. Bye. That's Matt Harris seeking re-election as St. Catharines City Councilor. 905-688-2582. Phil Taylor. Neil Carson. Gab. Staff, the smiling ex-prime on very little sleep. What makes these guys so happy? Plug me into your drugs, brothers. <laughs> Young guys from Niagara Falls and Welland. They're doing the uh, live intro music on the way back. We're going to have a one-on-one with David Alexander. You can get him at N is in Norman, W, P is in Peter, B is in Bob. So that's Niagara Workforce Planning Board at NWPB. At 610 CKTB, at Jim Fannin. More with David Alexander after this break. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905 688 2582. 1-877-610-2582 or text us at 61010 I will wake up early to the sun And I will say I'm sorry I was wrong And I will say I'm sorry And I will say I love you Say it's okay. Lucky I forgave you. When I walk around, I think of all the things you say. You're so damn smart, I know you're right, but I'll ignore you all day instead. But stay the same I will say I'm sorry I will say I love you You will say it's okay Lucky I forgave you 
Nicely done. That is X Prime live in David Jones' booth. Nicely done, boys. X Prime. Catch them on the local scene. Catch them on YouTube. Catch their new video on their new short shorts. One one view is all you'll need for that one, and you'll be turned off X Prime permanently. Thank you, boys. David Alexander joins me now. David is the executive director of the Niagara Workforce Planning Board, a two-term city councilor in Welland, the head of the budget committee, very political guy, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks for being so generous, David. Sure. Thanks. My time on city council in Welland I thought was really well spent, and over the last three years uh, since being on city council, I've been leading the Niagara Workforce Planning Board. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the frustrations. You're very political. You're a watcher here. And then I don't want to just focus on the bad things, but we can't really get better as a community. I think we're pretty solid. It's a great place to live and uh, one of the best communities in southwestern uh, Ontario, especially property values. It doesn't matter where you go an hour out of Toronto. This is the best deal in southwestern Ontario. So we've got some issues. We were looking for Go Train. our taxes are higher than probably many places in the province. As a realtor, when I'm standing at an open house, I got people coming in from Grimsby, from Toronto, from Barrie, all saying, "What? The, my taxes are lower in Toronto than they are here." So, what are some of your frustrations, some of the issues you see, and maybe some solutions that we can help become a better community? Well, I think everybody's talking about wanting to change things, and everybody is frustrated with the higher unemployment rate, but that. The discussion about it has to change to probably many actionable items, and there are quite a number of people who are working on these solutions, which really we've identified a number of years ago. So, for example, we know that we are we need to become a more entrepreneurial economy and incubate enterprises, and I and so Brock University, Niagara College, uh, the economic development officers of of the cities, they they do know that that this is where. We need to, this is the, the the beachhead for job creation and those entrepreneurs who are going to create those businesses that are based on Niagara's strength. So the whole biotech, agriculture area. We also know that uh, the Niagara Industrial Association, Niagara College and Niagara Region led an initiative with the Canadian Association of Manufacturers and Exporters to look at the needs of the uh, manufacturing sector, which is pretty well the the hard the hardest hit of all the sectors in Niagara, and we know that since the recession, many of the manufacturers who have come through the recession they've really begun to understood where their markets are, and that's in really exporting. And there's a number of things that are they're taking their time, but the, the, we are getting traction in that area. Now, jobs, the economy, with this by-election ongoing in Niagara Falls and the upcoming municipal election, everyone's major plank in their platform, jobs, jobs, jobs. They've all got the same one. The problem is, is especially at the provincial level and the federal level, government doesn't really create jobs as a government. I'm sure you can foster a, a great environment for business to thrive in, but probably the most important level of job creation would be municipal and regionally. And a lot of folks do look towards the local level to be the leader in job creation, but seven cents out of every tax dollar uh, is at the municipal level. And that's where a strong long-term partnership with the federal government and the provincial government is required. And being able to identify the kind of economy we want five, ten years down the road and being prepared to invest in it. There's uh, an organization called Venture Forum Niagara, and the uh, there was a meeting on Friday morning, and, there, and a couple of firms pitched their ideas to the group. 
and being able to see some of these emerging firms that right now they might be just a handful of people working away, but their their ideas are to be that fifty to a hundred person firm down the down the road, and some of the prospects I think are are quite good. But again, it's part of the overall coordination, collaboration, folks working together, but really making evidence-based decisions, not, you know, running from the building with their hair on fire, mm. with, uh, I, you know, wild ideas and directions that just aren't sustainable. We have to look at uh, competing against a whole number of other regions in southern Ontario. And sure, we have a really great quality of life here. Housing prices are an advantage uh, there's, there's, if, if, uh, child care access to child care is is quite reasonable um, and and uh, affordable. competitive and affordable. Uh, although we probably would want to see some improvements there. So you want to get uh, build our workforce. We need to get more women choosing to come back into the workforce because women make up two thirds of the part time workforce because mm-hmm. they have child care issues uh, more or less when you compare it to males. And uh, more women are entering the workforce than. Uh, it was 10, 20, 30 years ago, but that, again, it's the, this long-term changing nature of the economy that we need to look at the numbers to understand. So when I see a an 8.8% um, unemployment rate for Niagara, I also know that our economy is quite cyclical, and we all know that with the tourism and agricultural Absolutely. occupations. We have to be able to look at the numbers over months on end and see how that averages out because Niagara's unemployment rate uh, drops in the summer and fall. And uh, so we have to look at uh, an overall yearly rate for Niagara. But then again, it, it introduces a uh, something that where, where those people with vision have a uh, an opportunity to have those conversations about not just where we need to be a week or a month from now, where we need to be five years and 10 years down the road. Okay. Now, we've seen many communities that are close to Toronto. The addition of a GO train has ballooned their population, their uh, income, and their uh, real estate values have gone through the roof. We're looking at Barrie, Kitchener, Waterloo, all emerging markets. You know, Barrie, over the last 10 years, I think has added maybe 35% of their population growth-wise. You know, we see some issues here. I'm, I'm hearing the GO train's not a slam dunk. It might be to St. Catharines, but you're talking about a billion-dollar tunnel or, or train bridge to get over the Welland Canal. I guess that's why a GO train hasn't said, nope, we're coming to Niagara Falls, and we've got some roadblocks. I think being able, I think the roadblock of just considering a billion dollars for a tunnel, I think we've got to dispense with that idea. Mm -hmm. I think we have the software and the technology to be able to coordinate amongst the transportation issues, uh, a piece of infrastructure to make sure that the trains don't stop and the boats don't stop so that it's kind of like pre-border clearance when a truck's going towards the border. You're an hour away, the whole, the paperwork starts, right? So if you know that a train is coming and, and you can coordinate train speed and boat speed to make sure that there's effective coordination there. I think we can get that right. Hmm, interesting. I also know that there is a there there's a tunnel that runs south of Welland that is underneath the the canal and we can also look at that as an option too. So we have to think region wide with regards to our connection with the rest of the Golden Horseshoe because it's not just about connecting our, ourselves to Toronto. How do we connect our the, the Niagara area with the the upper New York State, Buffalo, Niagara Falls area, and the markets that we need to tap into in in the the in the the uh, eastern states. So, thinking in terms of that kind of geography, I think we can we can begin to look at 
putting the proposals to the federal and provincial governments to say, here's a business case. Here are the numbers of why you need to help invest with us in something like this. And that's where I think we need we, we need to go. Andy Petrowski, you're on the phone with David Alexander. Hey Jim, good uh, morning to you too, Dave, or good afternoon. Um, I agree. We need to we need to promote entrepreneurial uh, spirit, but I totally disagree that the colleges or the universities are the way to do it. You go to college, you go to university, get a piece of paper. They train you how to pass the course. They don't train you how to be a business person. The key to being entrepreneurial and having entrepreneurs in Niagara is the proper business climate, which is good infrastructure and low taxes. And the problem in here in Niagara is we're not open for business on the government level on both sides, and our taxes are extraordinarily out of control. But the university colleges, as far as I'm concerned, Dave, with all respect, they have very little say in promoting that except at the high 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 tech level but we do not have the proper business climate in niagara to attract the right entrepreneurs here which will be the i agree the growth and the prosperity engines um for pockets of ontario thanks you andy petrowski the what the main comment i want to make to that is that we need to look at mentorship as a key asset in terms of that in terms of entrepreneurship and look at uh, for business by business approach but the universities colleges school boards everybody has to play in, uh, a role in terms of supporting this it's a whole community solution and I, uh, when we come back after the break i can talk about some things that are going on at Communitech in kitchener nicely done david alexander is my guest in the booth he is the executive director of Niagara workforce planning board and two-term city councillor in Welland. He will take your calls if you have any at 905-688-2582. More live bumpers with X-Prime on the way back. This is 610 CKTB. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at And Tuesday picks up at our two. Oh, oh, it feels like I'm the only one. Oh, no one wants to have no fun. I say to oh, it feels like I'm the only one. Oh. Nicely done, guys. <laughs> Trying to have some fun back there. <laughs> Davey Jones, thank you so much for lining these guys up, micing them up. They sound really nice, man. You guys can carry a melody for sure. Thank you to my niece for getting some backstage video here. To David Alexander for coming in and putting up with us. We're having a blast here today. David, talk to us a little bit. Yeah, I know. Talk to us a little bit about population and its uh, relationship to the econo- economic issues that Niagara's facing. 
Well, if, when you look at the demographics over the last uh, handful of years, you, you look at uh, the out-migration of some of our young talent and the these young people uh, need to be part of our economy and we're seeing our, our population change and consistently Niagara is older than the average in Ontario and the country so that on one hand you could say we have a very experienced local workforce but we need that young blood consistently staying and entering into the the population here and a number of years ago a study was done by the Niagara Community Observatory called The Young Are the Restless, mm. and it found that we're not attracting and retaining as much of that, of that cohort of youth as, uh, as we need to over the long term. So it, this, this begins to affect your prospects uh, about the kinds of companies that you can run and the kinds of uh, sectors that you can get good in. Uh, we 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 can do we do a really good job of of teaching and, and bringing up our young people. Great quality of life, lots of activity, lots of opportunity for engagement and involvement. But that, at the end of the day, it's the job that that people will want, and people will move to where the the employment opportunities are. And we see that structurally affecting our economy over the long term. And tell me a little bit about the the function of Na- uh, Niagara Workforce Planning Board and you as the executive director, what your group responsible for and what do we expect to see come out of that group? We put together some of the population and economic numbers so that business and local institutions can incorporate that into their strategic plans so that they can look at where some of the trends are and then engage with a number of other stakeholders in, in developing programs. So a lot of research? Quite a bit of research. We we look at the statistics. We uh, we we pride ourselves on providing scholarly, accurate information to the to the community, and it's a great opportunity for people who want to see Niagara's economy change and, and evolve and improve to get involved with a couple of activities at the with the workforce planning board. Currently, we have a couple of board member openings, and I would encourage your listeners to. Get your applications in today, tomorrow, uh, by the end of business tomorrow, I would hope. And we're going to start a round of interviews. And if your listeners know of anybody in their network who has some great ideas and likes to network and be engaged and involved, who has some good ideas about what Niagara should be doing in the future, hopefully that at the end of uh, your show, they're going to pick up the phone and call that person and say, go look at NiagaraWorkforce.ca, our blog. And look at the posting for the board of directors position. What type of responsibility, time commitments expected from a board of director on your board? Four meetings a year, and there is a bit of reading, and there's uh, th- and that's at a minimum. And our board wants to become more of a working board and take on portfolios to look at certain areas of specialization. We have excellent partnerships across Niagara. We consider ourselves, if not the most diverse board, one of the most diverse boards in in, in Niagara. How many in the board? Right now, we have 10 okay. plus government appointees, and we're looking to add three to three to five uh, folks on the board. And we have members from labor, business, community, and government, and it's a fantastic opportunity for uh, people to, to get involved and network, broaden your network. And indeed, there are people from each local municipality. Uh, we, we strive to have uh uh, folks from from uh, all across Niagara. We'd like to have somebody from Grimsby and somebody from Niagara on the Lake, 
And so if you're a retired executive or you're leading an organization or you're have some really great ideas about what you think should happen, we'd like to hear from you. And if you don't make it onto the board, we also have a research and media initiative that uh, really is the rub- where the rubber hits the road. It's and a committee it, it's of a, the board? It's, it's a committee of the board. Okay. Yeah. David Alexander is my guest. He is the executive director for the Niagara Workforce Planning Board. And David, well, one time you're the greenest municipal councillor in Canada, I believe. Tell me how you, how, how you campaigned and won that award. I know that was uh, pretty much a, a, a given uh, with your track record. But tell me a little bit about that and maybe some green initiatives looking forward we know we we need to get into the clean tech the the business uh the future of our business is definitely green but how can we make some money out of some of these green initiatives that you probably are aware of sure well a a bit of backstory in 2003 i put my name on the ballot uh, in welland and i ran in uh, a local board in, in welland and and i I ran on a green platform. So what I did was I, I looked broadly at sustainability issues, but it's not just in terms of environment. I mean, if you really are looking at sustainability, you're looking at economic sustainability and creating businesses that are going to be around for a long time. It, it's a an area where you, you've got to have a lot of entrepreneurship and incubation and ideas because from a lot of good ideas come great ideas. And it's uh, social issues, uh, poverty-related issues, the whole thing, uh, that that if you are to be truly strategic about the kind of communities that we need to develop, you've got to embrace the whole spectrum of sustainability. Anyway, so, uh, but you know, to counterbalance that, it's about service to the to the voter, to the to the resident, to the citizen. And so I, I balance my um, big picture campaign with solid delivery of services and having community meetings. And we tackled a couple of really key issues in Welland. And uh, we had an infrastructure issue where a group of councillors, we recognized that we had to put money into the ground. We had to fix the, the, the sewers and water. If, we're not, if, we're gonna, if you're going to create a, an attractive investment climate for companies, you need to be fixing your infrastructure. And so we were diligent in that area. And so we had a local priority. But then at the, at the uh, I was also elected to the board of the Federation of Canadian Municipalities. And so those kind of two angles, uh, in 2005, I got an award being recognized as a, a greenest municipal councillor. That was, a, it was also awarded that year to Denise Savoie, who uh, was a, uh, a councillor from Victoria. But she also got elected to uh, the NDP federally. So let's switch to a couple of things with regards to um, uh Green technology, green tech, and and, and uh, I want to come back to the Communitech uh, incubator in Waterloo. A couple of things, or Great. King Kitchener, uh, about uh, some of the things that are going on there. Maybe we could do that after the break. Nice. David Alexander is my guest. He's the executive director for Niagara Workforce Planning Board, two-term city councillor in Welland. Chaired the budget committee there for four years as well. So a lot of knowledge here. I really appreciate your time, David. On the way back... More live bumpers from X-Prime and look for the Black Flies next week and local bands. You want to get in the studio? There's one way to do it. Punch me a message at Jim Fannin. Add me on Facebook. Call the station, 905-688-2582. We'll get you in the booth and make you a rock star like X-Prime. After this, more with David Alexander on 610 CKTB. Big hips dance this way. 
is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at 61010. It's a funny thing, comes and goes. Inspiration is a funny thing, oh, it comes and goes. Don't you know These feelings won't last forever So don't be slow You better grab a pen and paper and go Inspiration left me with a task A half-written song and I know There won't be anything or anyone Anytime or place is too late To feel the flow Grab your pen and go But don't be slow Cause these feelings They won't last forever And don't you know Uh-oh. You better grab your pen and paper and go You gotta grab your pen and paper, man. You better grab that pen and paper and go. Nicely done. Is Phil playing the drums with plastic forks or knives in there? (laughs) He forgot his brushes, so what? (laughs) Plastic knives. (laughs) Nicely done, Phil. Phil Taylor is the. One drum master there playing with plastic forks. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Phil, Neil, Gab, and Steph of X-Prime. Actually, I've got a text message for you guys here. It says, hey, brother, this is Al D, drummer for New Franchise. Pr- please give a what's up to my boys in X-Prime on air, LOL. He says, we had a blast playing with them last night. Great show, my man. Great listening. So well done, boys. You got some fans out there, obviously, and that's why we bring you in the booth. David, talk to us a little bit more on the way out. We're talking about green initiatives and clean tech jobs. Yeah, that's a pretty hard act to follow. <laughs> yeah. You got any plastic knives? Oh, man. <laughs> Soon they're going to be playing on that Coke can for yeah. percussion. So. Yeah. I'll come yeah. play some spoons. They can play anything, these guys. Right on. Well, let's talk about energy. Oh, great, yeah. There's a a group of people who are asking the province to consider um, giving them a one cent a kilowatt hour reduction in their energy bills. And these are companies that are um, 7% of their their bottom line goes towards power. So these are big industrial users. And so their energy is a big issue for them. And so, of course, they're going to try and and, uh, be as green as possible. They're not going to waste energy. But it's also something that you need to bring the province in and the feds in. uh, And all they're asking for is, uh, within Niagara, because we're so close to to, to a number of green power sources, 
give us a give give us this competitive advantage down here in Niagara, similar to the competitive advantage that they gave the uh, industrial users in Northern Ontario. And what that might do is it might give uh, one more card in the hand of these companies in being competitive with foreign competition and, and others, and it will attract the consideration of people locating a facility here or, or buying more product from these companies here. And uh, I think it's a great idea to explore. The, the The province will need to, as well, do the math. I mean, we had Matt on earlier talking about uh, some of the local green generation here. And how do we, how, and, w- and when your generation is close to where your plant is, it's more efficient. So that's a really good consideration for 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 doing this because we're also seeing some uh, companies that are deciding to relocate just to the other side of the border and they're taking up the the upper new york state uh offer of of cheaper power there so we we have to be able to to wade into this particular issue and make a call on it and so i would hope that a decision on this would come sooner uh, than 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 later and the Workforce Planning Board, we can look at the job numbers that uh, are currently in this particular sector, but who this is, this is uh, who this affects, and then potentially the number of jobs that we could create based on this one specific strategic advantage. David Alexander is my guest. He is the executive director for the Niagara Workforce Planning Board and a two-term city councillor in Welland, a political watcher. And I appreciate your time. I know you're busy, David. David, tell me a little bit about the idea of revenue. I mean, all these communities are talking about ways we are very limited at the municipal level and at the regional level of how we generate taxes. Most of it comes from, obviously, uh, the assessment base, both commercially, industrially, but more importantly, residentially for people that are frustrated right now that we're spending a lot of money. We're going to have to pay for all these infrastructure spending. I'm talking about infrastructure. I mean, it's old. It's crumbling. We have huge issues here. What are some innovative ways that we can look at revenue generation in the municipalities independently here? Well, we we have been talking about the supply of energy, which I think is important, and the stability of local supply is key, being able to look at what your options are. But we also have to look at a demand-side strategy. So how do we use energy? And so instead of it being a revenue issue, Jim, it should be about an investment. Where do we, Where can we invest dollars locally that uh, avoid paying those costs forever and then the the money that we save we can plow back into job creation and and developing other parts of the economy so what are those devices and and uh, pieces of infrastructure that can be developed it's almost like you 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 need to develop a a, an infrastructure bank where um, you commit to putting some dollars in and the money saved from those investments goes back into the uh, the, the the technology, education, uh, replacement of infrastructure, etc. So it's a kind of a, a flywheel that that builds, which would be really cool. And I think that the, and there are a number of municipalities across the country that are doing this. And I think if we're going to get together as a as a as a community, private business, public sector institutions, etc. We need to have a, a conversation about a common direction because if we can have a, some kind of a collaborative approach across the municipalities in Niagara, we're stronger together that way. 
Nicely done. David Alexander is my guest. we got another segment with him. Generously coming in for the two hours here. My thanks also to Matt Harris that came in for the first two segments. And X-Prime. More live music from them. But at at 1.45, our last segment, we're getting them in the booth. We're going to have a big old interview with the boy in a text message. We love those X-Prime boys. My girls and I are big fans. We are so proud. Thank you, Kelly Dykstra. 905-688-2582. If you want to get in, we got open phones right here on 610 CKTB. The inconsiderateness, cold and molds crawling through the window wells. Where roll can't sound like dinner bells. It's a hold up, smoke out, breathless and choked out. No help for those who don't help themselves. And it's growing out the armpits. It's a leak in the ceiling, not a stain in the carpet. And I could try to explain, but the big picture is too big to be contained in a frame. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at 61010. so easy to fall in love. It's so easy to forget that love. Comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes. Love comes and goes. I can't keep falling in love every single time I see you. Nicely done. That is X-Prime. Thank you, boys. Phil Taylor on the lap drum. Is that what we call it? The lap drum? <laughs> he's got, He's got. yeah, he's got a drum between his knees. And he's playing a cymbal that's on David Jones's desk. Pretty nice. We're going to have some video footage of this to put up behind the scenes later. You can check out my Facebook account. And a lot of love from the boys on X Prime Text 61010. Get your band names in. We will get you in. Check us next week. Black Flies. The Black Flies are in the booth. Another really good local folkish type band. And we've had many of these guys in here Wayne Wright, Sarah Beatty, Jesse Reed. Many of the local performers in here. So we will pimp you local bands. Steady. Thank you, David, for coming in. I appreciate your time and talk to us. Uh, we are just talking off air about the formulation. How was uh, Niagara Workforce Planning Board actually created? And it's a government bureaucracy, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. but uh, a, an entity that was built for the reason so that we could study and have research into the local economy, actually get some numbers. You were talking about a survey that you're looking to get out. Sure. We're one of 26 local boards across the province, and we, I guess you look way back a couple of generations ago and under 
Bill Davis, the Minister of Education back at the time. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And he, uh, it, there was a, a conference in 1972. They talked for the need for these local organizations to provide uh, the evidence, the data. And 15, 17 years ago, the local board, local boards across Ontario were, were, uh, took a step up. And it, it brought together a diversity of, of folks in each region to talk about the local economy and, uh, the tie between education, training. So we, so apprenticeship is a, is a real strong theme with us. We, uh, we've, we've got a, a guide that looks at all the information about apprenticeship. So if you're considering a career in, in the apprenticeable trades or you're a, a, a manufacturer, construction organization, et cetera, that requires apprenticeships, you can look at uh, the guide. It's available on our blog at niagaraworkforce.ca. We also uh, looked at a number of uh, things going forward. We're going to be doing a survey called Employer One, which is going to uh, ask businesses very short questionnaire about what your your skill needs are, what occupational issues do you have, and that if we can roll that up across Niagara, it's going to give us some really good intel on what the what companies want. And if we can look at this and track this year over year. And then add in a in a conversation about uh, an ongoing conversation about what the issues are. We're going to start, I think, getting some traction, especially in the area of entrepreneurship and small business. Because when you look at it, half the businesses in Niagara are sole proprietors. There's right. twenty twenty four thousand businesses in Niagara, and half of them are sole proprietors. Mm. And then another uh, two thirds of the remainder, those folks uh, have one to ten employees, and so of course they'd have HR issues and, and occupational issues. We want to we want to encourage these folks to hire, and we've got some really great drivers like Innovate Niagara. I know Jeff Chesbro and his team are, are working hard at developing the, the incubation, the engine folks, uh, and also with local economic development. But in a way, we almost we need more. We need we need to develop a culture of entrepreneurship that reaches in deep into the schools. And it's not just about developing little entrepreneurs in grade four, but it's those creativity and problem-solving skills and tackling literacy issues that are fundamental to the future of our, our, of our economy. If we can get those things right, the long-term commitments right, the Niagara will emerge uh, out, of, out of this recession, this, this dogged recession, and we're going to see better numbers. And then I'm I'm pretty excited about the you know where we can be five and ten years down the road. But I think as I mentioned a couple of segments earlier, you're looking at Communitech in Waterloo. Every sorry in Kitchener, they invested heavily in that in in that incubator early on, and they knew it was going to be a tough slog. What they did through Laurier was create uh, an initiative where they agreed to get together all the stakeholders together in the same room almost on a monthly, even at times a weekly basis, just to make sure that they're aligning their strategic plans. And that's the kind of bit-between-the-teeth attitude that, uh, in, in terms of picking up our game, you know, use the hockey analogies, get, your, you know, get our sticks on the ice, you know, right. the power forward kind of stuff. How do we, how do we figure out um, where we need to be a couple of years down the road, five years down the road? Because some of the investments strategically have been made at Niagara College with the ICANN investment, through FedDev, um, the the, uh, the incubator and the BioLink uh, work at, at Brock University. So those are the segments of the economy that, that we know we're strong in. And we also have to be able to solve the cyclical nature of, of uh, Niagara's economy and tourism and agriculture. How do we build 12-month-of-the-year enterprises in those sectors? How do we get really good at this? And then how do we then use that to develop a more robust uh, set of 
uh, opportunities around that. And I think that this employer one survey will give us some good insight into that. But we have to double down, I think, on on our investment in uh, in in really understanding what the numbers are and developing almost like an institute of best practices. And that was going to require a whole host of us to be in close proximity with each other and focused on the numbers. And we think that it's beginning and there's this, uh, you know, we all invite each other to, to our, to, to our events and activities. And there's an initiative called Niagara connects and, and I would encourage everybody to go cruise over to their website and look at their community calendar because that is, I think a driver. So you're aware of where all the meetings are in Niagara because we are in a way <laughs> meeting to death, but it's what you do in between the meetings. How do you move the yardsticks between the meetings and be able to incorporate that into your, into your strategic plans. And my stance is, is that the, the what's going to help drive us out of this is, you know, some degree of institution building, but it really is going to be the private sector. We need to make sure that, that, as institutions and, and community-based organizations that we really have the customer, the private sector in mind about about what their immediate needs are and what their long-term needs are, especially in the area of training. And there's been a lot of work on uh, devoted to, to the issue of workplace-based training and the importance of developing quality employees so that local enterprises can be competitive. We need to we need to do a lot more, I think, in, in that area of understanding what it's going to take for Niagara to invest, not not the whole revenue stuff that you were talking about, to invest in the, the value and the return on that kind of investment uh, in quality people. And that's where that's the route that I think and that, that's the opinion of the board where where we need to go. And that will attract more people to move to Niagara, more young families to move to Niagara. Because we know we have a we have a lifestyle advantage here, we need to ha- we need to look at framing our our business advantage here in Niagara and getting that message out, and making sure that we really tie in uh, on both the social end of things and the economic end of things, and and begin to achieve some some near term objectives. David Alexander is the executive director for Niagara Workforce Planning Board. You can catch him on Twitter at nwpb. And look for David the last Sunday of every month to come into the Jim Fannin Show and talk economics, workforce issues, planning in the region, and to stack it with some talent. You can poke some questions at him. Maybe we'll get the DSBN heads on. Maybe some from the healthcare industry. David Alexander, a huge wealth of knowledge here in the Niagara region. I appreciate your time, David. Up next, one last segment. X-Prime's done on the music bumpers. Right on, Jamie. But we're going to bring him in for a, a fun little interview here for one last segment. So you got any questions for the rock stars? Now is your time. we got open phones, 905-688-2582. Up next, X-Prime on 610 CKTB.
is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now, 905-688-2582, 1-877-610-2582, or text us at 61010. Mike's right. I've done this before. Davy Jones is running the board, making X Prime look half decent, just yeah. a little bit above average. Let's call it. Yeah, a little bit the, all right. You guys did a nice job. David Alexander's a big fan already. I'm a big fan of David. Nicely done. That <laughs> Phil Taylor, Neil Carson, Gab, Steph. Thank you very much, guys. You get, did a great job, man. Thanks, you guys. Man. Like Thanks, share. Thanks you guys always us. so happy and laughing and just... just... O- only when we're doing things. Step up to the mic. Only there, when bro. we're doing things. We don't always do things, and that's when we're pretty relaxed, but... Yep. Depressed, really. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, um... it's just a black abyss, you know? Yeah. Sorry. Just... But once we go out, you know, the yeah. light starts shining, and we have a good time. So. I didn't recognize Phil Taylor with his clothes on. Uh, usually... <laughs> By the, by the end of the night, he's he's bare chested, and and you are too as well, Gab. Sometimes, um, yeah. you know, I my first introduction to you guys. To thank you to Josh Finley from um, TriMedia or whatever he calls himself anymore. He's the Rogers guy in town here. Yeah, uh, I remember years ago he used to tell us about the uh, Freedom Thirty Four plan he had. I wonder how that's working out for him. Good businessman in Niagara. He throws a little party in the basement of the Sunrise or whatever it was in Thorold. The uh, early. Early bird, early bird restaurant. Early bird. There you yeah. go. The sunrise is on. Candle uh, it. Yeah, the sunrise. That was beautiful. <laughs> and it was forty degrees in that basement. You had a three foot window of air that was coming through. It was hot, and I came to see Cardinals. Oh, I got there on time. I get down into the basement with my drink tickets. Uh, I had a friend with me. We don't know what to expect. Cardinals are done. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is the third time I came to see Cardinals. Where are you? You guys were on stage. Uh, the girl I was with couldn't take her eyes off you. And and from the bar, she says, uh, I'm in love with him. And uh, so thanks for spending the time and giving us some. Uh, you signed a bunch of CDs and everything like that. So Montreal sends her love. She can't make it down. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys got started. And uh, about, you know, I mean, you guys are a huge craze. Niagara now, so yeah, is uh, Phil the businessman? Yeah, he's the business he's, side of the he's, band. He's not only the businessman; uh, he's also the manager. But most importantly, he's the captain. Okay, the yeah, man behind I guess, the boat, captain, I'm, my captain. Yes, I, I'm the captain. I, I take care of, I guess, the business minus the money. That that's Steph's job. I'm the treasurer. Yeah, okay, well, that's a good job. <laughs> Neil's the secretary. <laughs> sexy, Terry. The sexy Terry. Sexy Terry. Sexy Terry. He's got uh, Neil's the one with <laughs> the hair. Just in case you don't know, the bassist <laughs> that does some really awkward but interesting movies movements on stage, and uh, I think I saw you showed up to one show with your hair slicked back. Don't ever do that again. Yeah, yeah. That's a one-time thing. Okay, good yeah. times. Tell us how you yeah. got started, Phil Taylor. Well, uh, it started off, um, well, Jim, when we were in, uh, <laughs> when we were young lads. <laughs> but we little lads. <laughs> we little lads in high school. Um, well, 
really it started off Neil and I knew each other in grade 9 and we had a series of little basement bands with funny names like Cujo and the Astro Zombies and stuff <laughs> but uh, we weren't going anywhere and we ended up like, <laughs> and we knew it nothing's changed with a name like we're that still not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah we ended up we ran into Gab uh, through our music teacher in grade 10 for like some Franco-Ontarian music festival, so we were a French band back then. Yeah, we all went to the same high school, and yeah, uh, and so that was basically uh, where it started. Was at the high school. The, which the, one? Which high school? Jean Vanier High School. Oh, Jean Vanier. Yeah, it was, they got a new building right. now. They moved I off Fifth the Street. Old, we we were the last graduating class in the old building. And it was sick because there was so much room. Was Alex Kazam in your uh, yeah, Alex Paul in, in your graduating he was, class? He was in my year. Well, he graduated before me because okay. I, I was a little slow in high school. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I just wasn't slow. At, I just wasn't at <laughs> school. So. <laughs> slow getting there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's where it started, and then uh, we had another band member at the time. But then Steph joined af- that summer after uh, after we graduated, and then we've just. Been slowly uh, climbing up the ladder, I guess. You're the Wellen Brother bookends, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Francophone bros, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Some alone. Francophone bros. You guys still live in Welland? Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and my brother do, yeah. yeah. Two Welland and two Niagara Falls yeah, residents. Neil and I are Niagara Falls. Now, are you guys getting some gigs coming up with the... Are you getting any uh, political gigs to play? Political gigs? For, yeah, I mean, political it's election gigs. season in Niagara Falls. Now oh, you should get some gigs playing victory parties. No? I've never even heard of that before. <laughs> well, yeah. we, that sounds like fun, though. We, we were actually asked uh, by Clark Bitter oh, yeah. um, to yeah. play. Yeah. That was important. Yeah. Yeah. Party. Yeah. <laughs> now he's got a gig coming up thirty uh, first next Friday. Yeah, yeah so we're, we're busy. Yeah, he asked us, but uh, we were going to be in London oh, that so night. Oh, yeah. disappointed we couldn't yeah. do that. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. but London's gonna rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, London's great. <laughs> so maybe we can get you for the victory party. That's what we call it, even if you don't win. Yeah, victory party. That's uh, sure. February thirteenth. So maybe book hey, that in your is calendars. It uh, it's probably a it's Thursday. Yeah. Thursday the 13th. Hey, if it's a Thursday, we're open. It's My assistant producer, Brooke Smiley, my niece here, is uh, she claims that it's a Thursday. So, yeah, it would make sense. The yeah. voting day is always a Thursday, I think. Oh, cool. So, cool. Yeah. Friday, uh, Thursday, February 13th, you might want to keep that open. Maybe Bitter will be getting you yeah, another yeah. call. But yeah. we've got a stacked we. I have nothing to do with the Green Party anymore. You know, I'm a supporter as far as a, a, a voter goes. But uh, uh, the 31st, he's got, I don't know, 10 or 12 bands, local wow. bands performing. Forum down. It's a fundraiser, and I wish I had the information on it. But check it out, Clark Bitter on Facebook, yeah, and you can cool. find out all, all better about with bitter. It. Yeah, vote, <laughs> vote better, vote bitter. Uh, so tell me, are you guys playing the Horseshoe Tavern, legendary spot? I, should yeah. I expect that the Stones are going to drop in and open for you guys? Or uh, they might. Yeah, uh, the, not the Rolling bit. Stones, the Kidney Stones, <laughs> yeah. different band. Yeah, all right. yeah. yeah, we're playing there. It's going to be huge. I mean, we've been playing Toronto for like a year now, so we can finally go to Toronto and expect at least uh, a crowd there that have people that know us and so and what does X Prime consider a crowd now four to six people or no that that's that was a that was a crowd uh, a couple years ago but okay, a crowd good. now I don't know it's a pull out uh, 20 30 people that you know and that's that's a good success for us so, right especially in a place like Toronto we're not from there so right we've met a lot of people through places like cherry colas uh, where we played there for a year doing the Bobcast and just playing there ourselves and nice. stuff so uh, hopefully we see a lot of faces. I mean, I didn't see the Facebook page. I don't know who who said they're going on Facebook, but yeah. uh, I hope a lot of people show up tomorrow. Horseshoe Tavern, uh, Horseshoe. pay at the door. It's uh, the door. it's actually a free show. Oh, yeah. okay, good. Free show. Yeah, yeah. free show. Um, <laughs> 
14 yeah. more people are coming now. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's You got a bus from Niagara going up there to support you? Oh, uh, no. no. If it was a if if it wasn't a free show, we'd probably organize that. We might have something uh in store for our CD release though. Yeah. Okay, when's that? When can I get the album? You can get the album. Uh well, the the official release date is March 8th. The proper answer is I'll give you a copy today when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have copies okay. yet. The proper answer for me was talk to us after the show. <laughs> 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 yeah, we we're we're uh like we're just preparing to release our album, so those are the final things. I mean we haven't even printed them yet. Okay. So it's uh everything's recorded, mastered, ready to go. We've got our artwork done, uh we've got our photo shoots done, we've got everything laid out. So are you we, guys signed? We're not signed, we've done this all ourselves. We okay, paid nice. for the album ourselves, we're paying for publicists, we're paying almost paid for the album, so <laughs> Almost, yeah. We're having quite, yeah, yeah. It's even things like yeah. we're 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 we, we're down to the line kind of. Bands, Credit cards so. are a godsend. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah, down to so the wire, eh? Right down, well, I mean, it's not as bad as our first release. I think our first release, we got the CDs like the day before our release show. So we'll probably have a little bit better of <laughs> at a, least a week or two before. Yeah. 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 Is Neil going to come into the conversation at all here, Neil? Uh, You're looking maybe. really bored. No, sorry, that's just my repose face. Just looks very bored. <laughs> Don't be insulted by him. <laughs> Resting bored face. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not miserable, just my face is. <laughs> He's the secretary. He's keeping notes. Mm. Well, thank All you very there. much, guys. I'd uh, really appreciate you coming in. I know two hours is a long commitment for you guys, especially when you just got to bed probably a couple hours ago. Yeah, Late night at the Hard Rock Club last night for your uh, your single release party. Yeah, for Early to the Sun. That's it, the single. Early to the Sun. It was a great show, too. Yeah, it was I mean, crazy. We, we, like, that was the fullest I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. The Benz opened up. You had a couple bands opening they, up yeah, for you. Yeah, the Benz are the bands, Yeah, the Benz <laughs> played after us, but there was lots of great bands oh, okay. throughout the night. And it was great to be able to see Dead, the bands play. Yeah, Dead Grass and uh, New Franchise as yeah. well. Yeah, both, New Franchise was there yeah, too, yeah. yeah, yeah both really good. In. Both really awesome. I am your Sunday scrub, your local pimp of local talent, pimping all that is musical here in the Niagara region. X-Prime this week. Next week, we got the Black Flies, and we are chasing. Might even get Lion in the booth. She did an interview from Toronto. She's uh, got a single that's up and coming. Indian summer that's hitting the charts pretty well and getting some airplay around some stations. I am Jim Fannin. This is the Jim Fannin Show on 610 CKTB. We'll see you next Sunday. I hemp you. I'm out. Trying to holler at a car and you're walking. Oh, yes, son. I'm talking to you. If you live at home with your mama. Oh, yes, son. I'm talking to you. If you have a shorty that you don't show love. Oh.